Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and this is episode 72. And this is going to be our second part in our conversation on anti-Asian violence and what does it mean to tend to a delicate way forward. Let's do this. Hey, thank you everyone so much for joining us on our conversation today. And if you haven't listened to the first part of this conversation, we would invite you to do that because this is going to be a follow-up from that. We're going to be building on top of the things that we just talked about in our last episode. And so this episode is really talking about where do we go from here? Last episode, we talked about, you know, examining some of the struggles from our history, some of the struggles from our present. What is the purpose of lament in that And now we're talking about, as we are looking forward, what kind of new imagination can we be leaning into and what could God be doing in this time? And I think especially as we're talking about this conversation about where can we go towards? I wonder if Bernard and Shu, who are here, Bernard and Shu, what's going on? Yo, yo. Just did a victory sign and I realized we're an audio. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The radio, the radio, yes. I think with the three of us who are here today, and we're definitely missing Xenia once again on this conversation, and so we're wishing her well as she recovers. But I think a lot about my own kids. You know, I think about in terms of a way forward, what are some of the things they're going to experience? And, you know, for my kids, you know, how can I be walking alongside them to process through a lot of this, but also to be part of what a newness can look like? and What does this mean for our churches as we walk alongside one another to be aware, to be recognizing, to be honoring, you know, what has come before and also to kind of thinking about where can we kind of go from here? And so what are some of your initial thoughts about where do we go from here? So in the last episode, we kind of touched on Bruce Lee. So I'm going to continue on with Bruce Lee. Yes. Because I I, I don't know, like when we talk about like, you know, where do we go from here? Maybe part of going from here is to see more people be like Bruce Lee, who is <laughs> taking that step out, you know? And I know, like, he's a philosopher and everything. Like, he's, 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 he's like, Bruce Lee wasn't Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but this is so good. He said this. He said, you must be shapeless, formless like water. When you pour water in a cup, it becomes a cup. When you pour water in a bottle, it becomes a bottle. You know, like, you can say, oh, this this guy is like, martial arts fighting philosopher but what he's saying it's so also integral like the substance of which doesn't change but like where it is in does change it may be like the way forward and part of the way forward is to learn that yeah the culture around us does change and it's not conforming to it but you know the substance is impacted by the shape that it is around it And I think like, you know, when we think about, like, even in our last episode, we talked so much about like, you know, critical race theories and and ethnic discrimination and and, and kind of framed in a system that needs change. But unless there are disruptors, there will be no change. There would not be Jit Kun Do. There would only be traditional Wing Chun. And that's it, right? (laughs) You know, there would not wow. be Jeet Kune Do, right? Like, this is so good. What, what, what else would be there, right? Like, yes. And, and, 
you know, I, I watched his other show. I, I actually really got into Bruce Lee for a little while and how he like takes and adapts different martial arts into his, like he was MMA before MMA was hip, you know, like yeah, he was that's adapt- G, that's G Kundo. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, so I think like, you know, like maybe there is an aspect of that moving forward. So I don't know. That was just one of the things that came to mind when you asked that question, John. <laughs> that's so cool. Like, I just, I just want to, want to meditate on that for a while. I was actually thinking this past week, a young seminarian from my church was just asking how he could get involved. And then, you know, in, in the church and stuff like that, he asked one particular question was like, cause I was talking about how I appreciate more, you know, more than ever, as I grown older being Chinese, he said, Oh, well, what do you think, you know, being Chinese has to offer, you know, like being of a particular ethnicity, a race like to, you know, the church to, to the kingdom, you know, what does that look like? And I was just like, Oh, I have to think about that a bit, a bit more, but it was for me, a lot of it, is like yeah well what does me being chinese or us asians you know in, in like what can we offer to this quote unquote solution beyond just this you know anti asian anti black anti you know or just antagonistic sentiments going on in this world what do we have to offer offer in that way what do me being chinese what do i have to offer and yeah just thinking about that like just there is something about, you know, a way that I think I, I've thought about being Chinese in a way that originally Chinese people are supposed to be as well in a tribal or, you know, clan way, supposed to be inviting your neighbor, inviting people who come into your town and village to, you know, to eat with in your household, just invite the stranger in the, the other, you know, and that, that was supposed to be like the main thing. Of course, there's danger to that i think back in the day you don't know if it's some barbarian or some person is gonna you know mess you up or whatnot but the, the a lot of the chinese culture has a very hospitable there's hospitality ingrained to it in general and i would hope that we can contribute that whether it's within you know i'm so glad to see academy award stuff now seeing you know asians winning that and, and seeing i think just recently the master chef is a uh, baker sioux or something like that master chef canada just won that you know seeing these people succeed in that way but through bringing part of the cultural perspective in their art and and being able to influence culture in that way and i i hope that we can influence in that way and contribute but from a christian side a, a Chinese church side, I should say, thinking of myself, just in general, what can you offer to the larger narrative? I would hope it's that that we can be inviting, we can be hospitable, and that the more and more we we are kind of living in Canadian culture, and just clearly, you know, we want to take the best of both worlds, you know, that that Christ calls us to, that looks like the kingdom, and you have to be discerning about that. You can't just say, yeah, being Chinese, everything's good about it. Or being Canadian, everything's good about it, you know, and just moving forward. But what is going to be that discernment process? And a little bit to what I think Bernard's saying, maybe it's just what is influencing us and what can we be influencing? I love the hospitality part because like it almost immediately led me to think about how Chinese people eat and like our food culture is very important to who we are, especially like you know, the dim sum culture is usually a circular table, right? Like when you are eating together and there's often, you know, multiple dishes because you're sharing it, right? Yes, it's on our logo. So check it out. 
boom like little dishes that you have to share and not necessarily like oh i'm just gonna you know take all the chasio bao and eat it right like well sometimes people do that like my kids might me yeah, she would <laughs> <laughs> she definitely does that just like you know like but the very premise of like having a lazy susan on the table is so that the food is shared and spread and there's like you know this mutuality right like there's you know in some restaurant too like you know you have no choice but you have to sit with random strangers sharing a table right like that's oh that's, that's toy yeah that's <laughs> part of our culture that's part of like you would it's so uncomfortable right would never, yeah. so it forces you to sit next to someone you don't know and eat with them right but then like think about it like from a from a christian church theological perspective like how amazing is that like you you now you're interacting with random strangers that like you're sharing a meal you are you could be having communion with some random stranger in a chinese restaurant those are some of the aspects of i think our chinese culture that we should celebrate i love all these ideas cuz they involve food which is great <laughs> making me hungry right now. Just to kind of build upon those ideas too, I think a lot can be said about the places in which we inhabit and the postures and the attitudes that we embody as well. And I think a lot about where I live and the people that live next door to me and locally, what can that look like? And how do I relate with my neighbors and how can we look to bless one another and get to know one another more? And seeing that we share the same street and looking at my own neighbors, like we have Middle Eastern neighbors, Caucasian neighbors, we have lots of Asian neighbors, we all share the same street. And so what does it mean to live together? And what does it mean to own that? It's almost like cohabiting on our street. Of course, we're not in the same house, but like, you know, we're, we're parting the same street. And what could that mean in terms of our churches, in terms of where they're located and situated and how they connect with our neighborhoods? What can that be doing to write a new narrative in terms of breaking down some of these barriers? You know, how to be able to unwrite the otherness and dispel the fear? What are some of the ways that small things can really be leading us towards that even more? And I think it does take one step forward to being able to see another person not as caricature, and we talked about that last episode, but to see that person as another person, a human being, and even more so as bearing the image of God, as those who are part of a culture in which God is at work in and that there is value in the culture that they bring. And so how can we start to move into the, that direction? And how beautiful and wonderful that could be. Yeah, I was thinking about what you're saying, John, and I can't help but, you know, continue on with the food analogy. But like, I think about like, especially in our, our contemporary food culture, like fusion food has become such an art in itself. You know, like you look at how people are taking in different culinary styles, flavors, and they're mixing it to create something new, you know, that kind of has a blend of both. And I think like that is that is sometimes part of making the new is seeing a blended culture. You know, like, you know, in our neighborhood, we have Bami boys, right? Like taking the Vietnamese Bami and then, you know, using different fillings like, you know, pork belly and fried chickens of different sort. But I think like 
there's not like this power struggle of like which is the the truthful like this kind of singular culture now it's kind of like well like let's play around and i wonder like maybe like and this kind of leads to you know this part like maybe maybe there needs to be more play maybe it isn't just about getting things right which i think our culture has a very strong emphasis on like we want to have everything right and down the middle and we want to maybe as part of our modernist framework that we need a specific kind of well not not to say that we shouldn't have any you know things that that gives us certain boundaries but just just where are the areas that we can play and nurture and create something new right like and I, and i wonder for all the fusion chefs out there like how much that they have screwed up weird flavors that like their their husband or their wives had to endure through until they got to the right recipe of like oh wow this totally works together but that's the process like i think that's that's maybe part of what our exploration can be and i'm sorry i keep using food analogies maybe i'm just really hungry man it's okay it's just getting later and later and we're just like oh you need to munch on something but one of my favorite restaurants in kensington market and his shout out to toronto is called rasta pasta it's like traditional italian a mix in with jamaican food and it's like it's the bomb man well you can you can get us some of that next time b when well i mean when we're allowed to hang out and you know hopefully the market survives man i heard this it's been really rough Actually, the first thing I thought about when you were talking about the Bruce Lee form and water quote, and, and then even you're talking about the food, is just Christ, you know, when he says, be the Jew, the Jew, Gentile, the Gentile, there's, there's no more. It's not just like, there is still distinction in terms of, of that. But the thing is that, will we make the effort to engage? Will we make the effort to create those spaces to show what this kingdom looks like? and I think the church has to be, you know, that heaven meets earth place, right? That heaven meets earth community. And if we can't be showing some of that, you know, imagination, some of that, that fusion, some of that engagement, at times I find that we just sort of, yeah, we just say, I'm going to stick into my own culture. I'm going to stick into my own thing. But without this, you know, almost engagement in that way, it sometimes just gets lost in the mix where we're just, I don't know, like I, I'm so used to it being in an Asian church. You just stay with your own people, right? Like you stay with your own small group. You stay with your own people you're comfortable with. You may go to another church. You may go to a multicultural church, but you still hang out with Asian people. You know, you're just like, you know, it's just this is what it, 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 it's also, it's the like high school what, all over again. Uh, yeah. A little bit, right? Like you're mentioning. And it's like the homogenous unit principle. It's like, who's like me? I'm going to hang out with them. <laughs> and, and not to say that there isn't space for some of that, but like, but if we're not being, I, w- I would say, sensitive, aware to where the Spirit's guiding us to, who the Spirit's guiding, like John's saying, even just people in your neighborhood, who I, I guarantee you is not just, you know, okay, I can't guarantee, but it's usually not just Asian, right? Like even for me in Markham, I don't have only Asian people, even though Markham's like, super duper high, you know, Asians, right? But I have a <laughs> lot of non-Asians on my street, right? But like, are we going to engage people and, you know, be extending the presence of Christ in this area in that way? But Yeah, I think the three of us have, you know, very similar perspectives. And I think a lot of these ideas, 
you know, they're they're kind of like groundswell ideas, the kind of grassroots kind of like, you know, where are we create that space, you know, open it up for what God is doing. And that for sure is a way forward. And the thing that I want to kind of maybe throw a wrench into, and it's because I heard this argument not too long ago, and someone was relating to the passage where Jesus is talking about wineskins and about how pouring, like you can't, like you can't pour new wine into old wineskins, but you can only pour into new wineskins. Otherwise, you pour into the old ones, they crack and they break and explode and such like that. And they used it as an analogy. And they related it to how there needs to also be more emphasis on systemic change. And that that's where a lot of the work needs to be done in terms of the structure, the system, be able to get it right in terms of the culture. Perhaps that's kind of related to what Bernard was talking about a little bit earlier. And it was really just interesting because, you know, it got me thinking and... For me, I ask the question, like, how much emphasis do we put on some of the structural systemic things? Because when we're talking about anti-Asian violence and where things have come before and where things can go ahead, there are certain things that are so deeply ingrained and we're so entrenched in and how those things have kind of shaped the system and the structures that we grow in. Do we need to be investing more in terms of deconstructing? finding a new system in order to navigate a way forward. I think there's like, there's no problem being involved in in whatever groups and whatever being an activist, being involved in your local community, being involved in the church way of trying to make some effectual change in those ways. I think for me, I don't put hope in (laughs) the world systems. Like I, I think we, we should definitely be okay being involved in it. I think God doesn't, only work within his church. I think that's probably going a little too far, saying God is only working through his church. I think he chooses specifically to work through his church in a special way in, in terms of bringing his kingdom into the world. But and but the thing is that, is God also working in, in other aspects in the world? Is, there, is he already bef- going before us into the world in different ways? And can we join him in what he's already doing? I think that's a very Fitchian thing to say, you know, kind of thing to say. But the thing is that, do I think changing the structures of the world going to change things? I can't honestly say. I don't think I'd be a pastor if that were the case, I think. And not to say, you know, like you can't help in those ways. I'm not belittling other people who do that either in other forms than uh, ch- uh, church, local church house church, whatever form of church universal that we're going. But I think we should fight those systemic structures, both you, uh, this is now political, right? (laughs) John, you're like getting into some of that a little bit, but. Well, it definitely does touch on that rhetoric about like, oh, if we get a Christian leader in politics that we could change the world. And you know what? That's an, that's dialogue for another day, but it's kind of touching a little bit on that. Sure. I've had some people in my church who who would be like, yeah, you have, we have, the church has to do this, has to be involved in this. I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, please contribute where you're thinking about that. Let's have these discussions, let's have that dialogue, how we can be involved. But then I also, yeah, I don't know. I don't put my full hope in in, in those ways, but we need to be involved in both. We got to be in the world, not of the world, but still be involved in the world. I'm curious kind of like where that question is framed from too right like what is the hope 
that you want to achieve, right? I, I know like anti-Asian rhetoric is such a huge topic and it impacts so much and it impacts across the nation, right? Like, and is our hope as Christians that we would legislate something to fight this? Or as we as Christians, part of our role is to disrupt the narratives. And I'm not saying like, like shoot, like I'm not saying that we don't, we don't, have our voice in the larger platform but in history you know when when did that happen and how did the christian voice won well the first time was through constantine he enacted and brought christianity to be the religion and changed all the course of legislation from there or is it more like the early church which subversively, faithfully, struggling through in a way that impact not just in their local embodiment, but it actually took off wherever it went. And so like that would be kind of my question to kind of ask back, right? Like what what are we hoping to do? Are we hoping to just make another banner, another statement, another legislation to fight for something that we think is right and we know is right, but the avenue of which we're doing it may not be. And so that's kind of me. That would be my question, you know, to kind of, uh, I guess I'm asking a question to the question. It's very Jesus, very Jesus-like asking the question to the question. I think in thinking about this question and when I heard it and I kept on thinking about it is hearing this whole dismantle the system. And, and I, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know if that is really is the the way that equality and you know addressing the the the, the racial violence issues are going to happen because it's almost seemingly like you know when that does happen that often kind of a different type of power often enters in and it gets shaped in another way and i think for me i, I it goes back to thinking a lot about how do people receive it right and i think when it's a structural thing, like sure, it can affect like kind of overall city or or country and such like that, or even you know structures within organizations and church or workplace and such like that. It can affect that, but do people really receive it like that, and do people really resonate with that and if we're thinking a lot about it in the terms of how does God work in the midst of it? I feel like it's it's much more in the local in particular that, you know, that and maybe this is kind of relating back to some of that the stuff that we read from Andrew Root in terms of like leaning more toward resonance and helping people to, you know, experiencing God in their life and especially in their pain, especially in their grieving, especially in the negation and death experiences that, you know, that, you know, he kind of brings up that it's really in those places that people can really experience and, with God and and have a sense of resonance uh, rather than thinking about like kind of the, the overarching structures and kind of on the same place as you guys are, I, you know, if it's something that is open to you that you feel passionate about and to be an advocate for and to step forward and then yeah, for sure contribute and, and work towards that and work with others. And, you know, we have friends that are deciding that their witness, they want to work alongside with city councilors and, you know, they want to be a witness that way and they want to be, working within that system in that way. And that's awesome. You know, I think for me, that's, that's kind of where I'm kind of coming from 
uh, in terms of this type of questioning. But I think it's, you know, a lot of the ideas that we talked about earlier is probably what I would probably encourage my kids towards, encourage my church members towards is that like, hey, let, let's, let's find these places where we can invite people in and where, where we can demonstrate and express the kingdom in a way that all people can be a part of and that we're intentional in, in, in doing that. Uh, and so let's talk a little bit about, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up the episode, let's talk a little bit about what does this mean for our churches, especially coming from churches that m- might be more predominantly immigrant or Asian. What is a step or what are some steps that we can explore and where could we see a path forward? Well, just a general thought, and this is even even at my church, I- I've always felt like we've never really engaged <laughs> this this sounds kind of too simplified but okay just we haven't really engaged simply pros and cons of even our own culture our own eth- ethnic culture uh, a lot of times it's just kind of like be this general christian you know like almost like we can just wipe away any influence <laughs> or bias that we have and just say we truly know what what scripture is saying here. We truly know the Jewish identity, all these, th- all these things. Just like you just assume all these things you know in scripture. But then you also don't also kind of as a church somehow look at your own, the flaws of our, our culture, but also maybe the things that God is really working in and through us that, that we can contribute to the kingdom. It's just something that, that I've thought in that way that if we can at least like I always, I like to do that for myself as a person too. Like my testimony should also be like, not just like, oh yeah, everything's great because of Jesus. Everything works, blah, blah, blah. But no, this is some of the messed up parts of my life. And that's some stuff I still wrestle with. And that, you know, is not great about me. But the thing is, this is also what Jesus is doing in my life. You know, this is what, what what's happening here. And I find if we don't do that in our church, in our, in our, in our Asian context, even like, it's almost like we don't help our people wrestle with that. And then thus, we also don't help them learn how to wrestle with engaging other cultures. So I think that for me is a little bit of how just I think part of being uh, in an Asian church that that you can bring to, you know, if we're going to engage that way, well, you know, what is unique about being, you know, Korean, Korean, Canadian, Christian, Filipino, Canadian church, you know, in this area? What is it special about us? And do we even talk about it? Do we, do we? teach, preach, engage, and have those conversations. So, and for our church, we were trying to do that. I don't think we did a successful job, like a, like an amazing job, but we were trying to have some conversations on Instagram and whatever, like even in our service to to engage some of this and to help our people, like, how, how are we engaging this? Not just from a uproar, everything is bad, you know, all this anti-violence, we should just, you know, be in uproar, just uproar culture, Right. What 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 is it about this? Like, what is about that we contributed to some of this? And then, how can we move forward? And how can we be part of the kingdom in this? But yeah, just one of the maybe ways forward we could start doing it just by looking at pros and cons of of where we're coming from. Actually, engage and analyze some of that. That's some deep introspection. That's some deep thinking that perhaps can be very helpful for us in in terms of charting a path forward for sure i don't know if our our church is doing it well but it is something that i think our church is regularly wrestling with is 
maybe our postures towards a lot of not just the anti-Asian rhetorics, but like just larger cultural and world realities is not to start with a solution finding, but maybe it's just asking the right questions, like seeking to really nurture, like, well, what is, what is the question that we need to wrestle with? And what is the question that God has invited us to sit with? And not necessarily like starting with like seeking an answer and, and definitely not just this, you know, simple answer. Oh, well, Jesus. Well, yes, but well, how, like, what, what about Jesus? And I think that's, you know, that, that is part of the, the wrestling through of what that will look like. And I, I wonder too, like, as we have a more clarity on the question, like then is also inviting people who we actually may disagree with or are uncomfortable with to be in the table to talk through this stuff and also begin to understand like, well, there's way bigger of a worldview than our own. And I I do think that that will both, you know, cause fear in people, but also part of this disruptive process. And I see it as kind of why Jesus asks a lot of questions. Because it isn't just the answer. It's a process of kind of working through it with him. And that journey of like discovering like what the answer is or the answers. This might be a little bit. But then it's also, you know, and I love how when Jesus embodied his life, He sat with a lot of people that the cultural elites would find absolutely uncomfortable. But yet some of the most profound conversations and some of the profound realities of like even the, the, uh, this, um, when, when, uh, I think it was a Symphonician lady who was like at Jesus table and like asking like, Jesus, you saved my child. And then Jesus said, well, like, you know, the food is only for the people. They're not going to give food to the dogs. But then the, the woman said, even the dogs get the crumbs and these profound faithful realities, you know? And, and I, I just wonder, like, maybe that's part of our, our local church posture is to engage in some of that. These are some really, really interesting thoughts and something to be very excited about and to really be exploring because I think there could be so much gleaned from entering into those types of spaces and inviting different people into it. And if we're considering, you know, how do we enter into this new narrative, entering into this new way of being? And perhaps this is kind of borrowing a little bit of the language that we're talking about today is like, does, does that make us immigrants into kind of this new kingdom? <laughs> you know, and you know what? I'll have to say, I think back on the struggles that, you know, new immigrants coming into a country have faced. It was really difficult. But as they persevered, as they were tenacious and had resilience that, you know, they were able to enter into something new. And what did that teach them? Hopefully for us, we're not afraid or we will resist those uncomfortable spaces and listening to those type of voices because perhaps that's one of the ways in which when we invite other people in is that we can be really experiencing something of how God is at work. And I know there's discernment needed for that, for sure. 
and it's not just a like free for all, but it's learning to be able to discern together, right? And it's learning to be able to walk into a space and starting from there, feel that everyone belongs, even when we're talking about uncomfortable stuff. When we're talking about such a serious topic like anti-Asian violence and what does it mean for a church, maybe that's one step for us. And that can happen across the board. I think there, there, there can be so much that can, we can learn from that and perhaps just understand perhaps then our role, the role that God has called us to kind of play in that. The whole time we were, we've been talking about this, for me, it's just kind of, maybe it's not a direct equating, but it's like the immigrant experience is being this missional church. It's just like, and I think that's, that's what God's prepared us and our experiences to, to bring to the table. We just had a breakthrough on our podcast. It only took us 72 episodes. <laughs> At least main episodes. <laughs> just like, you know, I want to double back to John's kind of original thought and question about like, you know, when he was thinking about, like John, you were saying when you're thinking about your kids. And I, I also wonder that for, for my kids and like for our kids, you know, like what kind of church would they be growing up in? What kind of culture would they be setting in? And, you know, God willing, if they were to be leaders within, you know, a faith and church community, how would they lead it? And like my kind of meandering is always like, will they perpetuate some of the same struggles and tension that we have been struggling with? Or are we paving the way or creating the spaces so that our kids will be able to experience and see a church that is different? And yes, they'll have their own struggles. But, you know, to be able to be a generation of uh, people who are, who are willing to walk with a younger, a literal generation in disrupting the narrative. You know, when we talk about well, how do we change systems? Well, we don't change systems by, you know, just legislating the systems. We instill the heart of change, you know, and I think that that's really, you know, part of the, you know, like we think about like the family is uh, the, the most, like the micro DNA of church, right? And it, it's true because like when the discipleship happens and our kids are beginning to get it, like they partake in this desire for change and to change the world is really to change the future. And, and knowing that we ourselves are a byproduct of many, many generations before us, we have laid the foundations, many who have fought and many who have bled, you know, and I think, you know, there is a role in us to create that space, the next generation too. And maybe we are just part of building that bridge forward. That's okay. You know, we're perhaps used by God, both individually and corporately, to be taking those steps into that new world, into that new kingdom, in his kingdom. You know, there's value in, in, in being able to also learning to accept that as well. I know one of the things that we had in our notes was talking a little bit about what Reverend Lim talked about way back in episode 16 or something like that, and how he talked about how we could potentially have this really unique ability and passport to enter into different spheres because, you know, we're able to kind of navigate through, you know, an immigrant culture, but we're also like, you know, the children of immigrants. And then, of course, you know, their children and all the different cultures that that represents. In a way, I think there's 
I think that's very true. I think that that really gives us a very unique approach and definitely a pro in working forward. But I also think about how sometimes those who are building the bridges or those who are in the gap sometimes also find that they can't belong to one or the other. And they find that they are sometimes caught in between trying to find a way to bring people together. And that's okay too. And I think we have to accept that, that that's just part of it. And hopefully we can experience some of that newness and, and as we talk about some of these issues and talk about how we can move away from you know, the, the racism, anti-Asian violence, and, and what does that mean for us to take up our role in that, but also to recognize that like, yeah, like maybe we won't have fully experienced that because we're building those bridges and sometimes we can't really fit in either or. But we're doing our part as God is calling us to do our part. Faithfulness. That's going to be it for our conversation today. There's so much more that can be said. And who knows, maybe we'll do a part three down the line, especially when Xenia is back, because we definitely want to hear what she thinks and to talk with her about that. And so, yes, thank you guys so much for joining us on this conversation. What are some of the ways in which you can see a way forward? How do we engage in this topic? And what are some of the tangible things that we can do to be used by God to unwrite these narratives of anti-Asian violence? We'd love to hear what you think. You can reach us by email at contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. You could also find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as well. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Please share it with others because that helps us to get this conversation out there. Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.